0: What's you thinking, girl? Welcome to episode 34 of First Strike, the Invasion podcast. I'm Siskoid. I'm Beth. We're used to taking you through tie-ins to this magnificent mini-series, crossover series from 19, late 1988 uh, at DC Comics, Invasion. Uh, but um, this
1: is the beginning of the third act for this show. This is Invasion, book three. Yeah, we're, uh, we're reading Invasion. Well, we read Invasion. <laughs> we're going to talk about Invasion now, which is great because we have thoughts. <laughs> of course, we have thoughts, uh, but this uh, this mini
0: series, this crossover, had like three tentpole yeah. books, eighty-page giants without ads. Uh, this is the third one. But <laughs> <laughs> you have it in trade. Yeah, it's it, it sounds differently. See, <laughs> so <laughs> but I have the original issue from that time. It cost four bucks Canadian. Oh wow! Yeah. Which is still a good value. It's Yeah, actually, yeah, still. (laughs) Compared to today's prices. Yeah, so this doesn't mean it's the end of the program. Absolutely not. Uh, There are epilogues. There are spinoffs of this. We're still planning a 40-episode show. And uh, we'll talk about where the show is going at the end of this one. Okay. At this episode. Okay? All right. So, let's get into it because it
1: is a massive comic. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're going to go through it chapter by chapter. Yeah, there's three chapters. We're going to talk about each chapter individually and take a little break between each. It's called World Without Heroes. so right on the cover. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird because the cover is
0: full of heroes. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't tell us uh, the right thing. There's a lot, a lot of heroes on there. Yeah, well, plots and breakdowns by Keith Giffen, script by Bill Mantlo, pencils by Bart Sears, variously inked by Joe Rubenstein, Tom Christopher, Dick Giordano, and Pablo Marcos... Uh, letterer is Gaspar, colorist Gene D'Angelo, assistant editor Kevin Dooley, and editor Andrew Helfer. That's the team. And, uh, let's talk about that cover. Yeah. You're on it now. It's by Bart Sears, the interior artist. Well,
1: it's, uh, it's <laughs> <Go> a, it's <ahead. laughs> a, it's a nice, uh, composite type thing. Uh, uh,
0: you know what it looks like? It looks like the cover of the trade, or perhaps one of the issues of, uh, Grant Morrison's JLA. His last JLA, uh, story was about. Okay. Everybody, all of humanity got powers, and then the, um, all of humanity went to fight the threat. And it looks like this, you know, the big Earth. Okay. And yeah. all, you know, uh, an army of heroes sort
1: of spreading away from Earth. There's like a kind of a link between the first cover and the last one where mm-hmm. we see the Earth from far away mm-hmm. within space and... And in this one, it seems like the superheroes or the metahumans or whatever we want to call actually, them.
0: Actually, not the metahumans. No, actually, they're not. They're Well, some all... of them, but, uh, you know,
1: uh, as we'll see, the metahumans yeah. are sort of, they're the, the without heroes part. Yeah. They're, so... they're kind of just like jumping off Earth and they're basically upside down because, you know, yeah. well, they're not upside down. The Earth is on top of them, but if we be looking at them. We don't see like capes. <laughs> I, I was looking at your copy just to see if
0: uh, they'd recolored some of the bits, and they haven't. Yeah, because yeah. Um, there's some very badly colored heroes in the background. Oh, big time! Uh, Mister Miracle is yeah. almost all yellow, and I think Booster Gold's blue shirt is wrong as well. Uh, so,
1: mm, yeah, they have just little
0: specks of color here and there. Many of them are just. Come I don't know. Are they all Aquaman in the background? Are <laughs> all they, orange they shirts? <laughs> they seem to be. <laughs>
1: uh but there are a couple of heroes on there that we haven't seen uh since the prologues and the you know like like uh, the spectre hasn't been a big presence yeah. power girl is on the cover but not in the comic
0: wonder exactly. woman is mentioned in the comic but not you yeah. know she's on the cover but that's it really so uh
1: it's a bit you know it, well it's an yeah, en- ensemble cast which you know. heroes do you want to feature bart That's what he did. Basically. But I do enjoy Superman at the forefront and with the atom on his shoulder. I kind of like the, I like the atom on the shoulder, on the shoulder thing. Yeah. Usually he's on like Hawkman or. Yeah, classic JLE bit. Yeah, but now he's on Superman and you know, Superman just looks like this. Great presence there, so uh, I kind of like it. Okay, well, let's get uh, to the insides, shall we? Shall yes, we? we
2: shall.
0: All right, here's Chapter 1. The Gene Bomb's energies are raging across Earth as the Dominator, who unleashed it, races back to his home world, fully expecting to get a promotion. While down below, super-powered heroes and villains alike are hit by a power surge that makes them lose control of their powers. In New York, Major Force gets sick and Captain Adam flies way up before he explodes. In Utah, Starman seems unaffected, but the power elite go crazy. In Moscow, Firestorm and Soyuz and Blue Velocity, whatever, burst with power as the Rocket Red Brigade looks on. In Kansas... Celsius's funeral is disturbed by tempests, lodestones, uh, and Scott's powers going mad at uh, JLI's embassy. Maxwell Lord worries that this will screw up the you know, meta-human PR and his plans for them. Uh, Flash, Elongated Man, Fire and Ice, Black Lightning, various villains in Bell Rave. Everybody's powers go crazy. President Reagan wants the military to contain the heroes, but General Eiling doesn't like the plan, so he calls Maxwell Lord to have him coordinate with the unaffected heroes to stop the threat, which they do. Uh, The Green Lanterns of Earth get Captain Atom, Blue and Gold find Animal Man having a strange effect on Florida's fauna, and they do the same. Kilowog, the Hawks, and Mr. Miracle get the New Guardians who've crashed their plane to South Africa. The Atom has just delivered Kronos to Belrave and is on hand to help stop Nightshade, among others. Uh, it's Manhunter's job to stop Flash in Cuba. Uh, the Martian Manhunter helps Robotman with the Doom Patrol, so on. Strangely, the Spectre has to contain Dr. Fate. We'll have thoughts about that. Uh, eventually, the Metahumans pass out. Max Lord makes a deal with Lex Luthor to have uh, one of his facilities converted into a massive Mediplex. Likes the word Lex in there. Uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, in space, the Omega Men and Snapper Cars Blasters, the Metahumans created by the Dominator's experiments, uh, having just escaped Starlag, are heading for Earth if they can figure out their Okaaran ship's controls. And chapter one.
1: That's pretty much it.
0: It's a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, heroes
1: in trouble. There, yeah. There's a lot of space given to the sickness uh, happening on, to, to the heroes. The first shot, the first opening shot of this comic is a big shot of the earth with all this reversed
0: yeah. color type thing. The polarized yeah. effect
1: on the atmosphere. Yeah. And we kind of see on top of the earth there. There's like this reminiscent thing where it looks like the claws from the Dominators from ah, the earlier yeah, yeah. covers. Kind of like that. But uh, it's very oh. ominous. It's dark for the first page. You wonder what it's sort of like.
0: Supposed to be all the it's catching us up to each of those moments. Yeah, you see Animal Man in uh, in, in you know in Polarized. You see Superman seeing it from afar. Actually, yeah. he's not out of the story yet, uh, which
1: is interesting because he's left Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, well, he's supposed to be on the edge of the, the solar, solar system. system, but he's really not that far. No, I think
0: it, it, we just saw him like clear the moon the last time we saw it. If so. we're
1: uh, if we're really looking at you know how big the Earth is. Yeah, and he's just past the moon. I mean, he's not even to Mars yet. But of course, we're not going to science this too much. Well, what about he's... the genetics of it, Bas? Well, uh, because well, yeah.
0: later on in another episode, we will certainly talk about what effects the gene bomb had. Yeah. in you know, in the, the next two three issues
1: of each series. Yeah, I'll research that eventually. <laughs> well, it did have an effect. It just kind of made every super well metahuman go nuts. Uh, the energy expulsion people first, you know, people with blasters uh, yeah, on their yeah, hands that, and stuff that like that. That shows up first. Yeah, that kind of shows up first. And, you know, Captain Adam just goes up and blows up. Kind of sets the pace for what's going on. I mean, and, and some people will get sick later.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like anyone else, I guess. You, not You know, the disease doesn't spread necessarily evenly. Different people, maybe the people, as we'll find out in chapter two. People who don't have metahuman powers but do have the metahuman gene are affected later. Exactly. You know, it has different effects on different people. My big question here was, how is Dr. Fate a metahuman? That's the big question. He's potentially not the only magical hero to be affected, which I think is a mistake. Because people who shouldn't be affected are the normal Joes without, power. you know, Blue Beetle. Yeah, it doesn't have powers. beetle yeah, Batman Robin right. exactly. I don't want to see them affected or the green lanterns. You yeah. Know, they're using technology. I don't want to see the uh aliens get you know Superman doesn't have the metagene. Yeah. Martian Manhunter doesn't have the metagene. You know, the Hawk people, it makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you've got the magical based characters. That you know, if they shouldn't you, be affected. If you learn magic and that's your power set, then you shouldn't probably shouldn't be a meta human as well.
1: You're basically a normal Joe with knowledge. It's basically so. Knowledge.
0: This is my thought on is Doctor Fate a meta human? And the first question I have to ask myself is which Doctor Fate is this? Because yeah. the new series with Eric and Linda Strauss combining into uh, a single hero was just starting, but doesn't refer to the invasion. So I'm thinking. They are actually, the stat series, even though it was on issue two or three at this point, actually starts after Invasion. It wouldn't make sense. Even though the DC wiki says this is the Linda and Eric Strauss version. You don't think so. There's no proof of that. It's just Dr. Fate. There's no reference to Eric and Linda. There are no references to Eric and Linda in any uh, Dr. Fate appearances with other heroes. Mm -hmm. Not just here, but elsewhere. Eric and Linda Strauss. There, Dr. Fate only shows up later in Justice League. And the Dr. Fate that we saw become a founder of JLI and didn't stay long. That was still Nelson Kent. That was still the original Dr. Fate. So I think this is the original Dr. Fate. And here's why he might be a meta-human. For a while... In the golden age, they stopped drawing him with the full helmet. He had okay. like a half helmet. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And when he had the half helmet, he wasn't using magic, you know, not really magic. He was just using super strength, flight, toughness. Okay. And he just became this, this brawling kind of hero. And they didn't do the, the whole magic stuff that they were doing in the Spectre or, okay. or Zatara or whatever. And that they picked up on that in All Star Squadron. In All Star Squadron, Roy Thomas wanted to use that version of Doctor Fate, uh, give him more personality as well, not just the Nabu kind of character. So they explained it that uh, Nabu was taking him over, and so he didn't like it, and he didn't like the the loss of identity. So he stopped wearing. The helmet. So he just wore this half This helmet. half helmet. And, and yet he still had power. He still had a measure of power. Mostly strength, toughness, and flight. Okay. So. Your basic uh, superhero set. So, how does he have these powers? And then he just said it was like mystically imbued from having used magic for so long, for having worn the helm for so long. But um maybe it activated his metagene. It could be. It could be. So I mean, some of his powers, you know, just instead of uh you get bit by a radioactive spider, if you're a metahuman, that would be a trigger. Yeah. Well, for him, it was magical energies. Okay. And he triggered his metagene because it's a threat. It's a,
1: it's a different okay. energy, but it's a threat. Okay, so basically the threat was Nabu's helmet trying to take over. Maybe. And that... Or just, you know, you're Dr. Fate, you the get magic. hit by
0: magic all the time, yeah, Wotan. or And that gave him those powers, and he always attributed it to a mystic because here he he passes out like everybody else that could be it
1: i'm because gonna say I, that's it because we, nothing we else makes it. sense for me <laughs> exactly well that's that's the yeah the most sense this would make we're also yeah. seeing
0: the one hint of what is to come in here i think is um firestorm's reaction well firestorm actually in this has a kind of transformation his face catches on fire and that i think is even though we see him pass up later and he's, he seems normal he doesn't even have the flames on his head i think that this is we were on the cusp of him becoming the fire
1: elemental version yeah so it did seem like that i i picked up on that also because it's just it's just one panel where he's basically screaming and he he needs to expulse this yeah And he makes, Moscow is already in rubble because of
0: the invasion, and now it's caught on fire because of his unleashing of his powers. So um, there's probably some more guilt for him in in his future for him because of this. But yeah, yeah, he's biting his lip and there's
1: fire streaming out of it. Or is it fire coming out of his head Oh. Or his throat. It's, it's he's, all. He's fire. Right now, he's fire.
0: There's a very definite change happening to Firestorm. And I, I don't know how much, you know, how much uh, collaboration there was between the writers and editors. Uh, but some people got to be, to, to give a little hint of what would happen soon. And others just are just generic and we don't know.
1: Kind of sets the tone for how powerful firestorm is because yeah. we, we always see him as this half teenager you know kind of brash yeah you know, even though at this point he's you know he's the
0: clean slate the awkward. the awkward firestorm you know he's gonna have another uh another episode and uh, yeah. be someone else which has been part of the character for yeah. for a while the other thing i noticed was that uh, as far as collaboration goes you remember in doom Patrol, Number 18, yeah. which we covered recently, where I said they added Dorothy Spinner in the background at the funeral. Yeah. Uh, because um, Greg Morrison was going to use her, so they just, oh, crap, let's just add her in. Yeah. And, uh, well, so she's not here. She's not at the funeral here. No, no, Or sure else that. her powers would have also have been unleashed. I believe she would be a metahuman. Well, she... Because we don't see the chief and all that. They're not metahumans, so they're probably... He was probably thrown clear of his chair... <laughs> <laughs> or he left the funeral early. But yeah, she was penciled in. She was. <laughs> yeah, back. yeah, she was just she, like. Yeah. They they left together to get the sandwich. So in this, it's all like they mention everyone whose powers go crazy, but not not her, of course. She's. She wasn't supposed to be there, in other words. Speaking of not being there, I'm going to say, because we see Omega Men and Blasters, which has to be the stupidest name for a superhero team it's ever. It's horrible.
1: Well, it's not going to last, is it? The Blasters? Blasters? Yeah.
0: Well, they get a special that we'll have to cover. Okay.
1: And uh that's it. But uh, <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not on the snapper car... Train? Fan train? Snapper car car? I mean, I like the fact that now he snaps and it does something, but... You know, other than that, yeah. I I don't mind him. It's just the Blasters. Um,
0: you know, they're named after the fact that they got blasted. I don't I they're don't have Blasters. <laughs> they're the
1: Blasted. That's, I that's their name, the Blasted. I don't mind him, but his arrogance needed him to get slapped a little bit. <laughs> <in this laughs> he comes up to Martian Manhunter. Oh, to we're, everybody, we're not there yet. We're not okay. We're, we're not okay, there. Yet. We're, we're going to talk about this because yeah, yeah, I was sure. like, oh my god, that
0: should be slapped, Car. But these guys are there: uh, Omega Man yeah. and Blasters, who we've seen since issue one but not the acronym Legion. Yeah. They don't appear here even though they were important in the earlier issues. Uh, they've escaped Starlag as well mm-hmm. and we'll have to catch up to them in some other episode in some other way. Sorry. And Adam Strange also disappears from the story. Yeah. He was important early on. He does not make a reappearance here. That's that's odd. There's a lot of people in here, though. Yeah, it's a bit rushed, and yeah. I, I would, you know, gladly have sacrificed some of the seeing people affected by the power for a little more resolution or to bring back some characters that seem more important earlier. There's, uh, in the next chapter, there's a page I would have cut out entirely we'll get to that as well. But uh but generally it's got the, you know, Keith Giffen's humor yeah. in there. Gnort shows up. Kind
1: of fun, but he doesn't really do anything. Do anything, he just shows up.
0: But, but I, you know, there's yeah. some humor there and then all the camera and they get the, that get freaking that. camera out of my face and everybody yeah. says it in all the interviews. Just like the other invasion issues, it's got the media in there. Yeah. Uh, just to well, catch us
1: up. Yeah, exactly. And it has to be there because we wouldn't understand what Well, some of us would. You know the clever ones, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think the media is telling us anything that we don't understand from the story. Yeah, exactly. But this is—it's kind of like just saying you're right. This is what's going on, and it's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah, fine. it spells out the stakes, and maybe, and also some of the stuff we don't see. Yeah. So you know, the Manhunter goes, "Oh, well, I have to stop the Flash." But we don't see that. We never see it, and
1: because we know he can't. <laughs> yeah. So Wally just passes yeah. out like everyone else. Yeah, so, there's a this, bit of a. This is a weird thing about. Well, it's not weird because it. It's been, I guess, retconned, and, and, you know, later on, it becomes because of the speed force, they have their speed. And Wally is one of them who has this great connection to the, the speed force, probably the biggest, but not yet. Yeah. Right now, they're all metahumans. All the speedsters were metahumans. I, I believe they probably still are. You think? Tapping into the speed force is your power. Oh, okay. Even if
0: the the source of the power is yeah, not because your power you, is not in the gene. It, well, it,
1: that's the what gene I'm, is just like the access to powers. Yeah, but it, it's it, see that's that's kind of a weird thing with the the speed force, which is it's like tapping into gravity or tapping into I don't know how how could you tap into gravity? Maybe you're a meta human. <laughs> yeah, but a gene <laughs> wouldn't give you that. I, well, yeah, the, the, well, the, ge- the, I mean the meta gene
0: uh, it's, it's just a way to yeah, it's a way to. Yeah, it's a way to but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no no I think I think not everyone can become a speedster. No they play it like the speed force chooses the person. Yeah. You're yeah. sort of a speed messiah. Yeah, yeah. Right? I and mean, the
1: speed force so, affects people differently. I mean that while these kids way back in the day they yeah. had different powers. So
0: why do if the speed force is choosing people, why would it necessarily choose the kids I of guess. someone who has it? Because it's genetic. Yeah. You're predisposed to be chosen by the speed force. The yeah. speed force is looking for a particular It's because of of their (laughs) gland they have. we'll we'll see about the gland. Uh, We'll talk more about what metahumans mean by the end of the show. But if you're okay to move on, we can go to Chapter 2. Let's do Chapter 2. Heroes and villains from all over have been flown into the Mediplex, where the scientific community has convened to find a cure. The project is headed by Dr. Megala and Doc Magnus. Meanwhile, unaffected villains have taken this opportunity to cause trouble, and the unaffected heroes are struggling to stay ahead of the game. Some of the more powerful heroes are given a mission. Go to the Dominion homeworld and get the cure from the source. These are Green Lantern's Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner, Martian Manhunter, Rocket Red, Starman, and Robotman. As the briefing ends, Max Lord collapses, Because he's a (laughs) metahuman! The chosen heroes head into space and there's a question uh, as to whether they can hyperspeed that far through space with such a heavy load. They meet Superman in far orbit and the Man of Steel has seen the explosion uh, but refuses to go back down to Earth. He does join the party, though. Just then, the Omega Men and the Blasters show up with their ship and they agree to join the mission as well. Down on Earth, Scott Fisher, a.k.a. Hot Hands of the Doom Patrol, is the first to succumb to the metagene virus. And on the Dominion homeworld, all the commanders of the invasion have been executed, and a new batch of leaders is now in charge of the war with the Kunz. Because the Kunz are pissed about this. Yeah. Well, they were manipulated into into joining this effort and their hidden agendas of the Dominion. Anyway, they've been interrogating the Dominator who was foolish enough to detonate the bomb, as this has screwed up their long-range plans to cultivate Earth's metahumans. See, when you're down below on the, the totem pole... You don't know what the head is thinking, exactly. And then you you show too much initiative, and you you pull out the gene box. Yeah, that's right. You didn't understand the plans, so maybe this is about transparency. Dominators. Maybe <laughs> if your underlings knew a little more, yeah, about the plan,
1: this wouldn't happen. But you're in a war with the Kuns now. Yeah, and, and uh, you lost all the meta humans. That's not going to be nice because <laughs> I, I think the Kuns can easily take the Dominators. <laughs> hey, dominators are scary. Oh yeah, no Kuns no. are. I mean, these guys. Well, the uh, are real warriors. Yeah. So the
0: Dominators better have
1: some good defenses. So okay, let's talk about this uh, chapter. Yeah. Well, this is where we learn about how the the bomb affected everybody. This is how they figure it out. So this is where we uh, we have the genetic breakdowns and everything, which is which is great, sure, whatever. But that's not how genetics work, and and, and it's fine. I mean. Well, it's,
0: To me, at the time, I remember – like today, I think Mm -hmm. we accept meta-humanity as a condition – it's used on the shows, on the CW shows. They've always referred to metas in the comics, in the movies. They've, they've done it as well. Yeah. So metas are a thing in DC comics now. It's fine. I don't think we ever need these explanations as to why people can get powers.
1: That's that's what I think also.
0: We're already there. We're all yeah. This is 1988. How long have the, there been superheroes in the DC universe? Like forty-five <laughs> years? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fifty generation. years. Fifty years. Yeah. So. Um, I think we've proven that we accept that people have superpowers.
1: Yeah, yeah. there is suspension of (laughs) disbelief here. We're fine with it. But, you know, this is at the time
0: I remember thinking, because uh, I was still kind of sore about Legends, which was the crossover two years before. In Legends, uh, Darkseid's whatever is manipulating from afar, but the story is basically that the population turns against the superheroes. Okay. It's mutant mania. It's the same thing that was going on in Marvel Comics where people hated mutants. Okay. That was the kind of story it was. And at the time, I remember, I was like, why is the post-crisis DC Universe looking to be more like Marvel? I guess they were, Marvel was outselling them. It just didn't feel right. And in this, they basically give the DCU
1: mutants. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, if you're not magic-based or you're not uh, technology-based, and if you're just a person with powers, if you're Black Lightning, you're a metahuman, you're a mutant, basically. You're basically a mutant. It's just
0: yeah. instead of um, being triggered by adolescence, puberty, you're triggered by an accident. So, in this scheme, Spider-Man's a mutant. Yeah. And, of course, Marvel has pulled that, where they've said, uh, Marvel's first mutant, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't make everyone a mutant. Is, well, I didn't like that as well. You know, it's yeah. the same idea where yeah. everybody's got a common origin. I've always been against that. I think it takes away from the richness. Of course, yeah. everybody's got their own origin anyway. It's just they're predisposed. You and I yeah. will die from the
1: accident unless we got a metagene and then maybe you got bounced. Exactly. Exactly. If you're a bruise banner, you get hit by a gamma bomb. Well, normally you die. Not but he's got the metagene. Exactly. I mean, in DC terms, yeah, he would have the. So meta he gene. becomes the Hulk. You know. Yeah, it's it's harder to think about DC heroes in that way. We're always referring to Spider-Man, Hulk, and mutants, but it's harder to think. Well, about...
0: the, the DC characters are less about random accidents. Yeah, mm. I mean, there are heroes like that, but you know, Plastic Man fell in a tub of plastic. And that gives <laughs> I mean, that's an example. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, no,
1: normally. No, and, and it doesn't have to be. And that's where we, we, we think like where we, I don't really care where I don't need a scientific explanation for why people have powers. I'm a scientific guy. I like science. I'm a, a bit of a nerd, but I really don't need to, cause I know it's not true. It's not, it's all. Make believe—it's all magic, basically. Even the technology is magic. I mean, you can't. So, I guess the Flash—the Flash gets hit by lightning, yeah, and
0: chemicals. Okay, that was—that yeah. would be a Spider-Man origin. And especially in this, we're kind of wondering—you know—how did they choose to make people, or you know, reveal out people uh, as metahumans as opposed to another type of of thing because um it it's a bit too wide to really cover everyone and so you're you're thinking well of course sure lightning black lightning okay that makes sense let's say but doctor fade doesn't seem to make sense no the creeper is. we we hear about the creeper yeah that makes sense but does it make sense for others in this well, like starman is not affected because the storyline is that he's become something other than human so he yeah. probably doesn't have any genes anymore okay. but the power elite who got their powers from the same source only partially though they have like they don't have, yeah sure they were not evolved beyond humanity yeah but so they had the metagene. So I'm thinking maybe will Peyton had the metagene as well but then his powers made him outgrow genetics yeah yeah how the hell that did... See, you don't have to and in the same way I think Captain Adam when you slice him open just like energy leaks out I don't think he's got genes anymore. <laughs> is, is what i'm saying so i think that like that that would have yeah, been one character that should not have been affected he's like an energy being everyone is a, a meta-human in this fine okay they're meta-humans but everyone that isn't that specifically isn't then they become suspect if later on they decide if they decided for example that booster gold meets with an accident and then suddenly he's got force field powers without the benefit of technology that's yeah. something they might have done yeah they can't, because Booster Gold is not a meta-human because he wasn't affected by the bomb. So it's like, you've mm-hmm. also said that some people are not, and then it would become strange if
1: they event- eventually develop powers. And then you have to, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of, yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a dangerous thing. This, it is, this whole it thing. is. Because all of a sudden, you have to always come back and explain why these people have these things now, and, and why you want to change them. Page 32 of the issue where it is revealed that the Mediplex
0: has uh, lots of beds. Patience? So, uh, yeah, you've got a lot of characters in these beds. And they're mm-hmm. supposed to be DC heroes and villains that have been brought there, uh, being treated equally. And I think maybe it's a good thing that you can't really tell who's who. <laughs> I mean, they're so small and. Well, you
1: can kind of recognize a couple people, and you see the the new, new, new guardians of the universe.
0: Yeah, they put them together. So once you spot Extranio, you can sort of tell that the others are or Soyuz. Soyuz Soyuz are all together uh, in the same row, and the people that you do know, you 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 know, there's a Nightshade. You can tell where Nightshade is. You can tell where the you know can tell where Firestorm is. So that's okay, but i I've been you know I've been looking at this for a while, yeah, trying to tell who maybe these people might be based on the colors and the, what little detail we have. Uh, so I've spotted a couple that of perhaps is I'm uh, <laughs> not I don't agree with all of them as being metahumans necessarily, but you know, so there's a guy in uh, in red we were we both spotted him because he's got yeah. his somebody's taking his pulse. Uh yeah, I thought this looked a lot like Captain Marvel, who oh, yes. I don't think should be a metahuman. Because well, he's got he's a magical got origin. Yeah, and then there's uh there's a guy that looks a lot like he's Killer Moth. So I didn't know that Killer Moth was a metahuman, but um uh he might be. Right beside him, is that ambush bug or is that uh close to him, yeah. Ambush bug is definitely in here. Yeah. Uh, next to Captain Marvel, if that is Captain Marvel. So yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely ambush bug. So ambush bug was never a meta human, so maybe now Maybe, maybe now his teleportation is is internal, or maybe is still untriggered. Uh, and here's the one that I just spotted while while we were setting up. This guy here on the let's see from the door, second mm-hmm. row of beds, fourth from the top. Charlie Brown.
1: Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's Charlie Brown. It's Charlie Brown on there.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a little
0: cameo. So some of these <laughs> might not be very serious.
1: <laughs> it's Charlie Brown. <laughs>
0: it's Charlie Brown. He's a metahuman. He's got powers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Power of good grief. He can make uh, trees uh,
1: become animate
0: and eat kites.
1: There's also a bare-chested person over here. Yeah, who are these people? I don't know.
0: So uh, maybe some of them are people. So maybe some of them are just supposed to be generic figures. And if there are villains in here, then it might, you know, I mean, of course, it could be very obscure as far as who they might they might be. So if you've spotted others. Let us know in the comments at firewaterpodcast.com, because it's always fun to play that game, I think.
1: It's kind of hard here, because you don't really see... You you see mostly beds. Yeah, they've got sheets on them,
0: so you did the top of the chest emblem, maybe? Maybe, or... So it's basically the head. It's a fun little game if you have access to that page. Yeah. uh, At a good resolution, check it out, and... (laughs) Tell us who you see, because I don't think, that, I mean, plentiful lack of detail here. Yeah. What about the team that goes out into space? What, what do you think of that selection,
1: even before we see them in action? Well, it's uh, Why them and not others? Well, it really looks like a team of, I don't know, people who were there. <laughs> All right, who do we have? Okay, Martian Manhunter, you're a Martian? Cool. Who's here? Basically, that was it. Because I wish it did have, well, seeing the, the rest of the issue, I don't wish it. Cause I
0: know what, what happens. Not all the heroes are actually necessary. Yeah. Is what I'll say. Uh, but I, at the time I was like, why no Wonder Woman? She's on the cover. She's not a meta human. She just dropped off the creeper at the hospital. She, she kind of, she, of fell out of the comic book there. Boom. She's out. So that's too bad. I would have liked to see her in the story. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah uh, otherwise, uh, it's, yeah, it's the guys that have technology and,
1: uh, or are aliens. And rightfully so, at least, two green lanterns is, is it, 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 the, the, the lanterns, green lanterns, is, lanterns. The, the green lanterns should have been on this like green on leaves how can all of a sudden a bunch of aliens try and take over how is this going on in on their turf there well what, what? this
0: is after the green lantern Corps has been disassembled well,
1: still, once a cop, always a cop. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. They should have been. They should have been on top of this. But I mean, instead they'll be bickering through the rest of the issue as to yeah, who's the best? And, who's the best? And I mean, you can't but want to just punch Guy Gardner in the face. Yeah, he's he's at his worst. Worst, right Yeah, yeah. Invasion brought out is the worst in him. Oh, he's so annoying. So, annoying,
0: and uh, as we saw in the JLI issue, and we'll see it again here, and even worse in that Swamp Thing issue, uh, he's murderous. Yeah, and he's, he's... on. You know, this is war,
1: and he's taken lives, and it's its a bit... Kind of has a death wish, because, I mean, he, he basically squares off against Superman, who's having a bad day. Well, a bad couple of weeks, and I, I wouldn't... I mean, you, you can have a green lantern ring all you want, yeah. you don't square off against Superman. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Break your fist?
0: And and there seems to be some confusion as to some of the characters. This this disappointed me. I I don't know if the last issue was rushed, because it feels a bit rushed. feels a bit rushed. Uh, And, uh, uh, like, okay, um, what do we do now? You know, Mm -hmm. because we fought off the aliens. What do we do now? And there seems to be a lot of kind of padding. But here in this chapter, where's Blue Beetle supposed to be? Because the news say Blue and Gold are in New York. Uh, stopping criminals or just yeah. rioting or whatever, and then we see him at Fire's bedside, which is lovely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's she's,
0: a fallen she's a, teammate. Yeah, she's a teammate. Uh, teammate Guy Gardner leaves um, flowers for Ice. You know, yeah. it's, you're very cute. So, but isn't he with Booster? And later, he is with Booster. And then there's uh, somebody says, "Oh, uh, you, uh, you know, Martian Manager says uh, Beetle, come, we've been we've been called." And
1: then Blue Beetle isn't in that <laughs> at that meeting. He's just a, you know he's just been pulled off. Honestly, at this point, it feels like there was a lot of moving pieces, and there could have been like a fourth book, or book three shouldn't have been this one, and it kind of feels like they had to shorten a lot of the story. like Be- we see Because these... it doesn't tie in with other books, either. There's no comic with just Batman
0: trying to fix the situation at Arkham Asylum that we hear through the news. News tells us... Of course, there's pro- meta human problem at Arkham Asylum. Of course. And Batman's handling it, but we also see Batman dumping off
1: Major Force. Yeah, dumping
0: off Major Force, who was in New York. So, where's Batman supposed to be as well? It just seems like, yeah, they lost track of a few
2: characters. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think uh, somebody sneezed on the board. They had a board. <laughs> With, with all the pieces. All the cards. And yeah. somebody, somebody bumped into it, dropped a coffee on it or something. Cause it really feels like they lost track of everybody. Yeah. But it's a weird renegade type team that goes off into, well, you needed a shapeshifter for, well, we'll see in chapter three.
0: Yeah. Well, Marshall uh, Manager's clear. Yeah. Choice. Well, of course. He's an alien. He's super powerful. The Green Lanterns. But super Rob- powerful. Used to going out in
1: space. But Robot Man, I don't know.
0: Robot Man's an odd choice. Yeah, he's just a guy in a robot I'm happy to see him. You know, he's a favorite. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised he's there. Yeah.
1: Rocket Red seems also... Rocket Red serves no purpose in this. <laughs> Neither does Starman. <laughs> and, and yet, Starman you is know, very powerful. I mean, he yeah. could be... Uh, I
0: mean, they they do something. But we'll see. Their, their roles are pretty small. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you're yeah. just building a team. You don't know what you'll expect. And then some people sit out on the, t- on the sidelines. But then you've also got... This is the team we select. And then we pick up Superman. Great. Yeah. And maybe some people went... Uh, Well, if Superman's going, I guess I don't have much to do. Uh, But you also pick up the Omega Men, who make sort of the Green Lanterns redundant, because they become the taxi service, even though Tigor says he doesn't want to be... Yeah, exactly. I'm not just a taxi service. And then there's um, uh, the the Blasters, who have another bunch of powers.
1: And we have this one scene where uh, Green Lantern's talking to Tigor, Tigor, and nobody respects personal space. In this thing. They got to fit in the panel box. It's everybody is just squeezed in on each other. And there's a lot of space in this thing. But they just decided to just squeeze everybody. Everybody's just rubbing When off. you're in a room with yeah. Brute... <laughs> there's no room. There's no room. There's no actual room. There's no room. It's yeah, you're room. right. There's like there's a full there's the, the, the full, full room behind. Yeah, that. if there was a wall there, I can understand. <laughs> but everybody just all right. Everybody back up in uh, in the front here. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you go into hyperdrive. I, I'm yeah. Thinking. You, everybody gets thrown against but the wall. You're right. It kind of feels kind of rushed, and uh, I don't know the. the I really feel like there was supposed to be another book. I feel like they get to the end too quickly. Mm. There's also someone who dies in this,
0: in this chapter. Yeah. Scott Fisher finally uh, dies. And I guess he's the first because he already was suffering from cancer. Yeah. As yeah, we found yeah. out in Patrol, mm-hmm. You know, system was weaker. I was kind of
1: sad. It's kind of weird, because I don't really know Scott Fisher. I just... Who does? But that scene in the previous... In the Doom Patrol book, where, you know, he, he talks He opens it. up the lodestone. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he dies, and I, I felt... of I went, whoa. Oh, that's kind of sad.
0: Now, he's the other yeah. character that Grant Morrison wasn't going to use. And uh, instead of dying in Doom Patrol 18, he dies here.
1: Well, at least there was a little something. Yeah,
0: he gets a page. Yeah. I don't mind it. No, it's 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 nice. It's fine. Yeah. I mean... So the page I want to cut entirely is actually in the third chapter.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm not feeling so good, Beth. Not... <coughs> are, you, are you a metahuman? Are you a metahuman? Oh, please take us to break. Alright, we'll be back with uh, chapter three.
2: Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Come in, to, Come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? Oh, I just, I just, I'm, I can't sleep, I, I I can't focus on anything, the only thing I can think about is, like, DC events. A DC events? As in the comic books? DC events? Yes, yes, the comic book events. Oh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally, that one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis? Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh, very very invasion maybe uh yeah yeah definitely uh the uh, the genesis uh not so much no oh. okay. okay well i think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life so maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession what what, what do you call this obsession what do you think it is I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DC OCD. What? DC OCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DC OCD. Oh, Okay. When I won't even charge you for it. <laughs> awesome. I don't think I can claim you on <laughs> benefits. Yeah, <clears throat> it's good. <laughs> when shall we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my. I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool.
0: We're back. I got better. It was just I just got a little cough. Yeah. I need to drink it. Glass of water. I, I don't have the
1: metagene. <laughs> yeah, we just retconned that right here and there. Damn, what would have been my powers? Teleportation by snapping.
0: <laughs> well, that's taken. Uh, okay, chapter three. The heroes get to the Dominion homeworld, and Snappercar teleports John Jones to the surface disguised as a dominator to scout ahead. Meanwhile, Metamorpho, who had died during Millennium, arrives at the Mediplex alive and well resurrected by the gene bomb. We also briefly meet uh, Richard Redditch, who has gotten ill. His story continues in the Spectre series, of all places. This is the page I would have cut. (laughs) I mean, who cares? So, back on the Dominion homeworld, John figures out where the Dominator responsible for the gene bomb is being held, and goes there with Robot Man in tow. They walk into the prison, and John simply takes the antidote from the Dominator's mind. But there's a problem. They'll need special equipment to synthesize the cure, and it can only be found at Starlag. The Omega Men and Blasters aren't impressed that they have to go back there. As they leave, the Dominion sends fighters after them, but Superman and the Lanterns take care of them. The heroes infiltrate Starlag, while the Martian Manhunter and the Omega Man, known as Doc, cook up a batch of the Antidote. The others engage the Citadelians, manning the now-empty prison. Just as the batch is ready, the Kuns show up, and as part of their new war with the Dominion, destroy Starlag. The heroes escape just in time and make the jump to Earth, where the fallen metahumans have mere hours left to live. They rig the antidote to a detonation device and explode it, saving the lives of the affected. We don't actually see any of that, but instead catch up to Perry White buying a copy of the Daily Planet like he can't get them for free. The headline, Rebirth! Earth's heroes cured. As a big one-pager, just like, the first issue had finished with a the, the, the newspaper headline
1: about Earth to aliens dropped in. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is how it ends. It's very quick. There's a lot of foreplay and you know, ended <laughs> ended it, it kind of quickly.
0: Yeah, I really wish we'd seen at the very end. I wish we'd seen people waking up, yeah. uh, people relieved that the heroes were waking up, some sort of character moment there. But instead, you know, we get some news footage and we don't see much of anything, and um, and so we're left with. Hopefully, the issues of the regular series going on from this point have those scenes. Yeah, but, but they don't really. We're not told to go look at those issues, mm. and I'll be doing the research. But we didn't put them on the roster. It's not like oh, we've got to cover JLI next or you know, yeah.
1: Those issues don't really contain invasion.
0: Yeah, this invasion is the material.
1: fallout from the invasion. We never see the not fallout. really. No, we're gonna. Well, you're gonna do the research for the fallout. But when when you were saying that this is rushed it really feels rushed right now cuz a lot of little things just a lot of little things you know i don't make up a lot of stories but just putting in these little plot twists that don't amount to anything for you know like ah we where we can be un, we can get in undetected yeah, okay fine we're going to teleport here okay is this where he is no he's on the other side of the planet and and why would you why would you do that and and then there's there's, no they go like reason. it's it's terrible <laughs> but
0: can't you just go around the planet and then teleport back? Which is exactly what they do.
1: Yeah, but why is it a problem? All of a sudden, it's it and the motion manager weird.
0: brings Robot Man in case he needs some muscle, but then he doesn't
1: need any muscle. Uh, yeah. Robot Man does nothing. Robot Man, he, he, he walks. He's a guy you talk to. Yeah, yeah. They don't even make him talk a lot. so We don't get that great Brooklyn accent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm, and, I am. Well, but Tigor. he specifically said, "Oh no, we're going." <laughs> To yeah. Dominion
0: homeworld. Because I'm not just a taxi service. The Omega men are in this. Yeah. But, and then the Omega men aren't in it. They're not. I mean, <laughs> Tigor does nothing but stay on the ship. Yeah. I guess he helps with the detonation device, but whatever. I mean, that's all off screen. He doesn't get into the action. I know. After specifically saying, he's, I'm not just your driver, your chauffeur.
1: He's just their chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. I really think, I really, really think there's supposed to be another book. There's supposed to be the, all right, the Kuns come over and we're in the middle of a fight. And we're doing everything with within this other war that started after you guys tried to invade us. And I really think that, you know, the Omega Men probably had a couple of scores to settle i really think that going on the the star lag was going to be bigger than that because i mean they were tortured and yeah and where are the scions how
0: come the scions
1: don't get their comeuppance and we don't see anybody but i think there was supposed to be like well i i don't think there was supposed to be i feel like it there's supposed to be uh, uh the other side the destruction of this alliance mm-hmm. and how they deal with stuff and how they went to war and how everybody hates them it may be a
0: problem with the structure, you know? If this yeah. hadn't been... Because the way the whole series is structured, you know, Invasion number one happens, and then w- the stuff that happens after Invasion is in the first strike, tie-ins. Yeah. And then the second issue happens, and then what ha- what happens after the second issue, not during, but after the second issue, is the aftermath tie-ins. Yeah. And then we have that last issue, which happens after everything else, and then nothing happens during it. If it had been more like a standard crossover, normally. It's like this happens in the crossover book, but then everything else happens simultaneously. Yeah. And then you would have had, instead of Aftermath, we would have gotten proper superhero action against the aliens in their own books. And then this, during issue three, we would have seen the stuff that's missing. You know, we could have taken a lot of this stuff and put it in the actual books. Yeah. I, I don't need a page to see, um, you know, Animal Man's powers go crazy. It's going to happen in Animal Man number eight. If they would have done it that way, I think we would have fixed a lot of these, the structural problem that it has. At the same time, I did appreciate at the time that that's how it was structured. Yeah. So that it didn't extend the crossover a third month. It it was more manageable, but it does create that problem. Yeah, it
1: it just goes too quickly because the pace was so slow during Aftermath Aftermath, because we we got to see everything.
0: You know what? Those Aftermath issues should have played double duty. They should have had that polarization effect happen in the middle of the issue. And then you'd see their powers go crazy or them trying to help people whose powers have gone crazy. And you could have put all of that, like the first chapter, could have been in actual books. Then here, you refer to that, but you're already at the Mediplex. Oh, that would have been perfect. Kind of thing. We
1: need a flex capacitor. and
0: Yeah, and so that would back. have been a... Maybe it's a bit hard to, to do, but that, yeah. Because, and, and in the end here, it's not just about the rush. It's also, I, I don't know, you put these heroes together and they don't all serve a purpose. And all the big bruisers, Starman, Superman, even... I mean, this mission could have been handled almost exclusively by Martian Manhunter and Snapper Carr.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're the
0: only requirements... And the other ones are distractions. Okay, I guess some of the heroes fight off um, Dominator ships. Okay, I guess. That's Superman, no. and it's not a big role. It's not a big role for the Green Lanterns.
1: I mean, Superman just disables a ship and the Green Lanterns disable two others. Well, no, Guy blows one up. Yeah. Cause he likes killing.
0: There's an extra lettering added later at some ah, points in this issue. I noticed this. That are not in Gaspar's style. Yeah. And, uh, one of these for sure is, uh, the very end, page 76. Superman thinks about, uh, oh, you know, the Amiga men set me up with a teleporter, which, uh, he's gonna, a deep space teleporter, which he's gonna use in his own comic. To get far out into space. I mean, on his own power, the, the light years don't fly by. <laughs> so it, it, it's going to help him along on his space journey. And this is something I guess he didn't, hadn't thought of before because, you know, he gets it sort of by chance. He was just going to fly. He's just going to fly off and, you know, Take camp out in,
1: on Pluto. Take a little break. So, uh, here, this is, this will give him a chance to meet the extended galaxy. Well, that and Superman going out. Uh, into deep space, I mean, there's always the risk of a red sun. It's a risky.
0: dangerous um, yeah, it's enterprise,
1: risky. but I guess you see the stars long
0: before they hit you. But you can tell, this was added in mm-hmm. after. It's It's an afterthought. It's yeah. something that maybe the Superman writers asked for uh, at the very end because they oops, um, you know maybe we we need that or we didn't cover that or yeah. it, so again, there, there seems to be uh, this project has gotten a bit waterlogged and yeah. there's too many elements and why are we bringing back Metamorpho? We'll find out in one of the spinoffs. Uh, why they resurrected him. He died back in Millennium, just like the previous crossover. So he lost a year, essentially. But again, this is a Meta-Human who's not a Meta-Human. The Orb of Ra gave him his powers. So, yeah, that's
1: kind of weird. So
0: did he did he get the powers from the Orb of Ra as if anyone who touched the Orb of Ra would get those powers? Or did he need the Meta-Gene? And really, he's not a flesh-and-blood person. No, he's... I
1: can't believe he's got genes. I still, I can't believe he's still got genes. <laughs> Well, maybe you don't have to have them. Maybe you just had to have it. Well, no, no. If you don't have them, you can't have. You can't be affected. Maybe this is just a weird, you know, side effect of the gene
0: bomb. It has nothing to do with the genes. Because it didn't resurrect anyone else. Just like the Doom Patrol thing where some people have to die, some people have to be taken out. And you can feel that somebody's writing just to get things in position. Here, there's also some of that. But yeah. Keith Giffen is putting stuff in position that he's going to use. I mean, he's <laughs> the next one to use
1: Metamorpho. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a bad ending for Invasion, but it's, but it's the weakest of the three. It's, it's certainly the weakest. I mean, it's not bad. It's just that we like to... You know, we like to to think about stuff, and we look at it with another perspective, maybe. Critical Eye, because it it is a podcast. I mean, if I was just reading this when I was younger, I mean, if I read this in 89, I probably would have, you know, went, yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Superman's back. There's just
0: something disposable also about your weekly comic stack. You you read a lot of comics, and some of them are going to stick with you. Some of them are not going to stick with you so much, but, you know, you just spent your 10 minutes... Uh, or, in this case, 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reading a superhero story and how it connects and pouring over
1: the art. and You know, you're not dissecting it as much no. uh, as as we're doing now. And we do notice these, you know, they seem to be extra bubbles with... I mean, y- we see them. We see them now. Somebody went over with some uh, whiteout there yeah. you know, doing things. Because the whole Kunz coming to attack is basically one bubble coming from Tigor's mouth saying... Where are the cons up to when all of a sudden? Boom. That, by the way,
0: I think is the weakest page. Yeah. Uh, the destruction of, uh, Starlag. I don't, I mean, it, this is so abstract that it needs text with a big arrow saying,
1: oh, those are the heroes, uh, escaping here. These, yeah. These bubbles. It's not even plausible because the Starlag wasn't it created by the O'Carran's, which are the, like the weapon masters and the technology people. It's them or the
0: Citadel. And I mean, either way. Either way.
1: One blast and it blows up. Really? Really? This is how I mean, come on. It has to be bigger than that to destroy. I mean, you can't just destroy Starlag with one Well, two. It says read read. So, yeah, it's two, yeah. two blasts. Two, two blasts. And then kaboom. But yeah. So, it's
0: it's it just it's let's, let's get on with it. Yeah. Let's let's do it. It just happens and um, maybe it leaves us a little hungry for w- what's missing
1: explanation.
0: Especially <laughs> since the front of the book has so much padding, things that are not necessary. It's uneven. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up on First Strike the Invasion podcast in the future, because yeah. we still have six episodes yeah. scheduled, and the back cover here says, the end? Question mark? Yeah, really. On the back cover of Invasion? So no, it, it is not the end. And then the inside back cover has, from the pages of Invasion, a new generation of heroes. So this is the page where they usually said, uh, here's all the books that tie in. Mm-hmm. Now... They only put four here on sale. On sale very soon. Uh, Justly Europe, mm-hmm. Blasters, Legion eighty nine, and this particular issue of the Spectre. So we'll cover all of these for sure mm-hmm. because Invasion tells us to.
1: <laughs> and they're on sale very soon.
0: <laughs> very as very soon, soon. As soon as we get to writing them, and we'll we'll read them. So, but that, those aren't the only ones. We'll all be, also be doing shows on yeah. the fallout that isn't. Specifically telling us that that's Invasion. We'll also be looking at Fallout that comes years later, references to Invasion that come later. Uh, Some
1: of them really close to right now, actually.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think we just saw Invasion in um, the the CW shows. Yeah. And uh, it feels like, you know, there are people listening to this podcast (laughs) who just went, yeah, let's bring it all back. Let's put it in the CW shows. And that are rereading this, we're taking full credit. Yes, of course. Pulling a, pulling a, a shag here. We would have <laughs> dressed up the dominators. Sure, we could give them clothes. But obviously the people at DC and whatever sphere mm-hmm. are rereading Invasion. Is it a coincidence that this, um, that this newspaper at the end is rebirth? And that's exactly what DC oh, is doing now? Yeah. Deciding, oh, well, books. we, yeah. Obviously we, uh, we own words like crisis. <laughs> and, uh, um, countdown, we, we own words like countdown, rebirth. We own this. Look, we own
1: this. Yeah. We own it. So let's name the next part that coincidence. I don't think so. You know, well, uh, maybe it is, but if it is, wow. Way to pick up on it. And,
0: uh, yeah, so it's coming up in, you know, comics, uh, still to come. or refer- we'll be referencing invasion. We'll talk about that yeah. during the, our mailbag section, our feedback section. Because, yeah, Invasion is still... It's still a thing. Especially, thanks I guess, thanks to the TV show. It just put Invasion back on the map. And so people are just interested in looking at it a bit more. And if you're one of those
1: listeners who came here through the CW interest... Go grab... There's
0: no wrong way to find the podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Listen to the podcast and go grab the the comic books. I mean, there are probably available. I grabbed the, the trade paperback of Invasion not so long ago.
0: It's a good read. It's fun. Crossovers and trade are kind of weird because you don't get
1: all the little chapters that are the tie-ins. This would be a wonderful omnibus. You know, like a 5,000-page omnibus. And it may
0: yet come because you're
1: doing it with the crisis.
0: And I don't know if you read all the crisis tie-ins. I haven't. But a lot of them are just, there are red skies. Story happens. So I don't know if that optimism includes, they're just like a crisis banner on top. It's just like uh, Teen Titans fighting stuff. But I Not necessarily the Titans, but you no. Know, it's <laughs> just like your heroes and then the, the skies are red with lightning. Yeah, weird skies, eh? And then they just go on with their storyline. All the Canadian
1: uh, superheroes. Yeah. Hey, the red, the skies are red, eh? Yeah, let's go <laughs> grab a beer. <laughs> Is that my duke? Wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait out
0: the end of the multiverse. <laughs>
1: Who's that pariah? He's crying. So I don't know if those issues are in there.
0: I don't know. But, you know, Invasion is a lot tighter than that. Yeah, it is. It and is. there are fewer issues. It's not a year-long event. Oh, it would be It's great. like a, it's a month yeah. and a half, I think, in, in real time.
1: The Invasion so, omnibus is a great idea. Somebody should do that. Yeah. Somebody should do that. It will happen. I'm sure of it. All right, we'll take another break. And we uh, read mail? Letters from the front? Letters from the front? It's
2: J.L. May. We're covering the Silver Age. This J.L. May. A comic event from Mark Waid. We're crossovering a podcast there's 12 of us involved get it in your ear holes this JL man we'll tell you all all about the silver range it's not great But it's okay We really have to warn you It has a controversial one Where Mark Miller wrote the lead But it also has some good stuff Team style, H-Mental Man Challenges of the unknown Green Lantern, Flash Patrol of Doom
1: Seven soldiers of victory. I'll
2: there you. The annual J.L. May event is upon us once more. 2018, we're reading The Silver Age from 2001. The journey begins in the podcast Justice's First Dawn and continues in the shows Relatively Geeky, Copy and Comics, Supermates, Waiting for Doom, Idlehead of Diablo, The Longbox Crusade, The Lantern Cast, Batgirls and Oracle, Comic Reflections, Cosmic Treadmill, The Fire and Water Podcast. Do you know it's J.L. May? Check the date It came out in 2000 We got it right And we're ready for some fun Do you know it's It all begins this time From the front, it's
1: not really the front anymore. I mean, we're in the back, we're in the back, we're in the back end, we're in deep space. I mean, it's not really the front anymore, but still, letters from the front, yeah. Well, I think the front here was
0: that team going yeah. to Starlag, Okay. Yeah,
1: they're front. Yeah, bringing the front to them,
0: yeah. Everybody else is in the, the army <laughs> hospital, we are all in the mash unit. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to NashCast, also at FireAndWaterPodcast.com. Yeah. Okay, Okay. so let's look at uh, what mail we did get on that website. About episode number uh, 33, Animal Man number 7. Yeah, we Animal, about Man. Animal Man. And we talked about what else DC was publishing that had nothing to do with Invasion, or even often the DC universe. Uh Starting with Ange, she says, uh, when this Morrison run was over, uh, talking about Animal Man, I looked back at the issue and thought that this was Morrison dipping his toe into the comic book limbo idea. Who the heck were these heroes and why hadn't I heard of them? Hard to believe all those great comics were on the shelves at the time. Like you, I enjoy Cosmic Odyssey for the art. The story seems a bit off. I love the Hawk and Dove mini and series to bits. And the Black Orchid mini is a fave of mine. I do want to say something about that, that you know, the comic book limbo idea that maybe the red mask in that story and the veil mm-hmm. and Captain trying to, to a certain extent, but these two were just inventions yeah. and seem very obscure and uh, were in limbo from their perspective. And then the, the, the run ends with Animal Man entering limbo yeah. and finding the inferior five and finding the red bee and, you know, all these, uh, the gay ghosts and the characters yeah. that had been forgotten. Animal Man, very close to him, to
1: being in limbo when, you know, he was in limbo before they picked him up. Yeah. You know, this is a character that, that... That's probably why he's so great at being able to look at these characters. I mean, he went from limbo to very good because mm-hmm. it was a great run. And why him? I mean, that's, that's yeah. the question. And Greg Morrison returns to comic
0: book limbo in Final Crisis. There
1: is a scene
0: in Final Crisis or in the Superman 3D special, maybe one of those issues where Ted Cord Blue Beetle is in the, in the limbo. Yeah. You know, and right here, he's a star in this, at yes. this era. But by the time of Final Crisis, at the end of the first, decade of the 2000s he's not you know he's yeah he's been well forgotten he's been dismissed in favor
1: of newer heroes yeah
0: so um yeah it's something that he's interested in makes uh, good sense and
1: and i think morrison has this weird thing where these characters are not really forgotten they're just we don't remember we know them they're not forgotten they're still out there somewhere I mean, that happens to Plastic Man every 10 years. Yeah. I mean, he goes to Limbo, comes back. He goes and comes back, but they're still there. They're still there, and they're still in a
0: holding pattern. And when they come back, they've forgotten they were in Limbo. Yeah. Because there's a comic book meta space where you know you're in a comic. Well, Grant Morrison played with that in Animal Man. Yeah. Played that with that again in Zatanna. And, you know, so he's... Uh, he sometimes makes his characters aware that they are in comic books. So that makes sense. It is. Uh Chris Franklin says, Red Mask reminds me of some of those done-in-one characters from late Golden Age and Silver Age comics, like the Power Man robot that figures in the origin of the Superman-Batman team, or at least the retelling of it within that story. It would be a neat retcon if the Joker, or the crooks who initiated the Red Hood idea, got the actual hood from Red Mask. Maybe it was a spare? And this is something that we did not... Well, no, it's my fault. I only connected the dots while I was editing. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, I went on this thing about um, exercising Alan Moore from his comic book vocabulary yeah, 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 yeah. and sort of doing an issue that looked like Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, sort of a saying goodbye and good riddance to this kind of story, to this mentor or and a spiritual mentor that I had to these influences, and go in my own way. So I just, I just shed it, shed it all right here. And the Red Hood being on the Joker's head this is from The Killing Joke, also an Alan Moore story. Oh, so it becomes even more about doing an Alan Moore riff for the last time and killing the Red Mask, who is a Red Hood stand-in in this. Oh, oh wow you know making him fall the red hood falls yeah. in the tub and becomes the joker here the guy falls and just becomes nothing just dies yeah. yeah yeah uh he also says Morrison playing the obscure corners of the DCU no doubt influenced James Robinson to do the same in Starman lots of real outlier characters there and a few new ones that he blended in as to make you think they existed just like red mask definitely James Robinson is doing that same kind of thing and he's done it he's done it in his action yeah. comics run which seem to be just like first-issue special characters bringing back these uh, forgotten characters. So uh, similar uh, interests. David S. Gutierrez says, Any plans to cover the series that spun out of Invasion? I know Shag's covering J.L.E. when his show eventually gets there, but any thoughts on looking at its first issue along with Legion and Blasters?
1: Yes, that's what we're
0: doing. Clinton Robinson says, The AD&D comic that we talked about was yeah. was set in the Forgotten Realms, Specifically using the city of Waterdeep as a base, the Forgotten Realms comics focused on a different set of characters. The two parties apparently met up in Forgotten Realms Annual Number 1, and there was a bit of a crossover with the Spelljammer comic characters at one point as well. Nice to know I actually had some minor knowledge to contribute, even if it had almost nothing to do with the overall theme of the
1: show. Well, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Waterdeep? Because when I started playing D&D when I was young, I, 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 I don't play anymore for, you know... Adult reasons? Well, yeah, and, and, you know, it, it kind of all fizzled out. I, I still love role playing and stuff like that. But D&D, yeah. When I did start out, cause that's most people, that's where we started out, was in the Forgotten Realms and was, I mean, our first characters were in Waterdeep that town. I don't know why I never read these comics. No comic book shop. That's
0: that's what it is. Um, Martin Gray says, uh, some great discussion as ever, I preferred Animal Man to Doom Patrol as it wasn't so self-consciously pretentious. More wacky with big nuggets of emotional drama. This issue is a Stone Cold classic from the cover onwards. Did you read Jerry Conway and Chris Batista's The Last Days of Animal Man? That was a cracking mini and they even brought Brian Ballin back for the covers. The first one was especially brilliant. Yeah, this is uh, just before... The New 52, basically. Okay. And it was in the future. Well, near future, but Animal Man is, is older. The different characters are older. There's a new generation of heroes around. So it's, let's say it's like t- in 10 years. Okay. And Animal Man sort of at the end of his rope. It, and it feels very much like the Grant Morrison run. It feels like that Animal Man, that family. Okay. Uh, and then maybe he's got like... I didn't read that. He's got actually. an illness or something. It's like a 6 shoe mini miniseries. It's not as weird or anything, but... Oh, yeah. It, I'd probably it, enjoy it. It's a good coda to the animal man as superhero um rob kelly he says now i i now know what Ciscoid's favorite type of lizard is it was all worth it horny toad It uh, <laughs> took three, 33 episodes for us to get there rob <laughs> i'm glad you stuck around
1: yeah we, i could have told you that yeah. horny toad number two Gecko. The Gecko, yeah.
0: No. Um, Tim Price says, if I understand it, the plan was to cover the Animal Man issue and not go deep into Morrison's run. But that's what happened anyway. Not that I'm complaining. It shows how strong that run was. Loved the discussion on our favorite buddy. Uh, Hawk and Dove number one, personally, stunned me. The final page of the first image of the new Dove. No dialogue on that page. Leifeld's breakout talent artwork. You know, he started out strong and <laughs> went well. where he went. I think, I think he had to work quick. Yeah. But he became an extreme version of himself very quickly. Mm-hmm. which I think a lot of older artists took more time to get there. And sometimes you like that yeah. super stylish thing and sometimes you don't. That's, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's more or less, more or less end on uh, Diablo Frank because uh, he uh, tells us that priorities like getting his own podcast out. Have kept him from commenting on First Strike, but he never stopped listening. So now he's gone back, Ooh. listened to them again, the ones he hadn't commented on, so that he could comment, and uh, and he did. So I'm going I'm to read the novel that ensues. But uh, it maybe it's a nice little to celebrate the end of the second act of the show. Okay, let's just go back to issue episode 28. Oh, that's and a, go, That's a while back. And go upwards. Okay. You know. To what were our latest episodes, let's say? For episode 28 was Superman 27 and Adventures of Superman number 450. He sings the praises of Terry Gammel, but still says he hates the Carlin era of Superman. Episode 29, that was Starman number 6, and we talked about Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, he says, my favorite Green Lantern Corman is Jon Stewart. My favorite rogue former Green Lantern is Guy Gardner. My favorite... Green Lantern in the Justice League is Kyle Rayner. My favorite off-brand Green Lantern is Alan Scott. My favorite alien Green Lantern is Kilowog. My favorite Green Lantern to commit mass murder before dying and having his eternal grave pissed on (laughs) is Hal Jordan. (laughs) We are very similar, me and you. Uh, Episode 30 was Suicide Squad number 23. He says his reading experience of this volume uh, gets spotty after the teens of Suicide Squad. So I never read this one, he says, but I need to check out Vixen Whipping a Thanagarian. Uh, Episode 31 was New Guardians, uh, number 7, and we talked about team books that didn't cross over. He says the new Teen Titans before Terra joins is, to me, like Dave Cockrum's first run on X-Men, with notable highs, but a lot more mediocrity in retrospect. From the 30s through the end of the first-run material in Tales of the Teen Titans is more equivalent to John Byrne's X-Men. The JLGL, put praise be his name, Baxter issues are like Cockrum's second run, and then the Beretto years are like X-Factor or New Mutants post-Fall of the Mutants, until before the Image Boys showed up, except worse. The Tom Grummet years on New Teen Titans, or New Titans at that point, is Lee Pertasio X-Men. So in summary, Wolfman's Titans was all X-Men knockoff. The writer's block years were worth it for Titans Hunt, though. Also, Team Titans was really good for a couple of non-sequential story arcs, but the rest of it is amongst my most painful comic book reading experiences. Uh Then he gets to episode 32. Which was Doom Patrol number 18. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to the end here. He says, Of all the times I've attempted to read Doom Patrol, the only time it took was Giffen and Clark. Which is not this one that's on right now, but the previous one. Okay. I really dug the resurrected Rita Far and Bumblebee in the pre-Flushpoint series. Uh, And then, Animal Man number seven. He's caught up. uh, Well, that was quicker than I thought. Oh, well, you know, I I picked and chose. Yeah. Uh, He says, I was recently in discussion with Cal Benning about the feud between John Byrne and Eric Larson, which I firmly believe is down to their being too much alike, while repelled by a few key differences of opinion and the hurt feelings of a rejected acolyte. If anything, Grant Morrison's shaving his head, wearing fancy suits, and displaying strong corporate loyalties – feels like the overt rebellion against his author daddy, Alan Moore. Unlike you gentlemen, I hate Crazy Plastic Man. He doesn't crazy hate Plastic Man. He hates hates Crazy crazy Plastic Man. He says, I'd say the flip from straight man to loon began with DC's short-lived Plas revival in the 1960s and DC's long record of failure with the character once popular enough to survive the Golden Age demonstrates their consistent misunderstanding of the property and its audience. I'm perpetually neutral about Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Oh. I've yet to read a story that shifted this alignment. I feel they kind of appropriate an African-American slave narrative, and trotting out Shiloh Norman every few years just aggravates the mild offense I feel about this impression. Okay. And then he says, All due respect to Paul and Mike at DCOCD, but Cosmic Odyssey is not an event, just a miniseries with a large and varied ensemble cast. The editor of Cosmic Odyssey hated it and tried to bury it, which was reflected in its lack of impact. Cosmic Odyssey had some iconic moments related to my personal interests, but overall, more of a cosmic incident at best. And then Paul Hicks, who puts out DCOCD, who did cover Cosmic Odyssey, says, We kind of know Cosmic Odyssey isn't really an event, but we built in a caveat that we could include stories we really like, and they really liked it too much. Really? Well, I just listened to DCOCD episode five. I didn't, I didn't read Odyssey yet. Maybe you'll like it. But, uh, DCOCD episode five was about invasion. And I contributed a little clip of like a minute, okay. two minute clip at their request. And, uh, so I gave it high marks because it's my show. Yeah. We're obviously, we have a passion for it. Yeah, we like it. Uh, and, uh, on the show, it, it, I mean, they liked it fine. But it didn't, you know, Cosmic Odyssey is has a higher score than Invasion. Really? You know, I can't agree with that. But it's their show and they do what they want. <laughs> of course. So you can listen to the DCOCD episode on the Waiting for Doom feed. So if you like Doom Patrol and you like uh, crossover events, and they're very short episodes, too. They're just like fun okay. uh, little rating shows about each of the DC's crossover events. Check that out. And there's a special guest appearance, you know. Um, John Bond uh, answered this whole thread by saying there was a new God series that fell out of Cosmic Odyssey wasn't there I thought the social conflict that they added to New Genesis got things more wrong than even the misunderstanding of the anti-life equation you're not wrong it, that came out a couple months after Cosmic Odyssey John like cover dated February it's around the same time and uh but weirdly it was mostly written by Mark Evanier a close personal friend of Jack Kirby's and Starlin only wrote issues 2 through 4 it's not like he's going to convert his cosmic odyssey into a series huh. because he didn't write the first issue and he didn't write anything past issue four. It's an odd, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know <laughs> if it's just, I don't know. I, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um, and a lot of people sent me messages to tell me about this new series that's going to come out uh, later this year where uh, Keith Giffen and Jeff Lemire have banded together okay. to create a brand new inferior five set in the eighties just after invasion. Oh, so it's really? A, it's about these, uh, five kids in a new town. It's, it's not a city that we know in the eighties uh, who moved in after the invasion series had taken place and that uh, the town has sinister things going on. It's more of a horror. And originally then the was going to write it, but apparently Lemire kept coming up with better ideas. And that's how he got on the book. But this is from bleeding cool. So huh. it, it's I guess these kids. I don't know if they're going to have any of the same names like Awkward Man or Merry Man or they're probably not going to do Dumb Bunny. <laughs> some of those yeah, yeah, some of those jokes don't work so well. But um, I guess they got their powers from the metagene.
1: Wow. So basically, it's going to be uh, Stranger Things meets uh, Weird Superheroes. That's actually how they sold it. Uh, Stranger Things meets Twin Peaks. Five kids in a small town getting powers or stuff like that. Amblin and, Entertainment all yeah, over in the eighties I mean, on, on bikes. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. Love Stranger Things. Will love the uh, uh, nostalgia of the eighties. I
0: think this is supposed to be. Um,
1: this is them wanting us to keep doing the show. I think. I think it is. <laughs> I think it so. Is. We
0: will cover at least that first issue. At least, uh, yeah. and depending on the time frame probably towards the very end of the program, which will be in about six months. Which so if it's out by then, and if it's not out by then, then it's forcing us to do like a
1: yeah, special... We'll, we'll do something. But <laughs> it, it, it's going to be weird reading new comics for this show. All
0: right, Facebook likes and chairs Abel Padilla, yeah. Al Sedano, Clinton Robinson of Coffee Comics, Derek William Crabb, Gene Hendricks, Jason Pope, Martin Gray, Matt Ev, who says uh, that this, Animal Man, number seven, was the single best invasion tie-in. Oh, wow. In his opinion. Max Romero, uh, Michael Allen Carlyle, Michael Bailey says, Ciscoid slipped in some haywire into the latest Invasion podcast. (laughs) I'm not familiar with this band, but from the clip, it sounds like the type of band that would have... Uh, have a song on an 80s comedy soundtrack. They don't sing the opening or closing song, but that song's playing in the radio as the characters drive from one place to another during a montage? Oh, yeah, that's this group. Yeah, Michael. um, It is. Let me tell you about this. This is a band from uh, PEI, from Prince Edward Island, which is... A hopping to skip away from where we are. Yeah, it's about an hour's drive. Uh over a bridge. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And it's the smallest province. It's our Rhode Island, if if you yeah. need a sort of touchstone. I you know, I didn't I didn't really know Haywire. But, oh. But Bus is the kind of person who on a podcast will <laughs> drop a reference <laughs> that will then invite me to put a clip in. Yeah. It's not the first time you've
1: done it.
2: Bad bad boy.
1: She said, "You you said she had. They they had half a hit. Yeah, they had two hits. Actually, two Canadian hits." Uh, which are like a quarter (laughs) hit in the the United States. And this was one of my sister's favorite bands. Really? Yeah, she loved them when she was younger. She's a (laughs) a bit older than I am, but all her music really influenced what I know about music, and all these 80s weird Canadian references comes from my sister. Bad 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 Boy, or
0: I don't know how many bads there are, Bad Bad Boy, is worth looking at on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Because it seems to be one of the things that robin sparkles on uh <laughs> how i met your mother mm-hmm. uh that video the let's go to the mall yeah is based on a couple things tiffany obviously singing yeah. in the food court uh but also <laughs> i think this. we're
1: alone now
0: also this and I, d- I didn't know that was part of its dna until i saw the the yeah. video clip oh the video clip is horrible Nothing happens. It's got it's got a silly robot. It's it's in the mall, but fashions. It's Robin Sparkles. It's one hundred
1: percent eighties Canadiana. It's (laughs) beautiful.
0: Yeah. So if you're looking to, you know, if you're a fan of uh, How I Met Your Mother Mm -hmm. and a fan of Let's Go to the Mall, (laughs) this is most definitely part of its DNA. Yeah. Check that out. It's called Bad Bad Boy by Haywire. Yeah. Easy to find on YouTube. Uh, Who else? Uh, Who else liked us on uh, Facebook? Mike Peacock, Paul Hicks, and Zoom Yukinori, who says, congratulations on the milestone.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, Google+, Plus likes and shares from uh, Rodolphe Renault, The Hammer Strikes, uh, as well. And Twitter retweets and favorites from Alan Middleton, Andrew Wall, Ange, Billy the Dragon, Coughing Comics, Comic Reflections, Corey Hodgdon, DCOCD, Diablo Frank, who here says, it's a testament to Ciscoid and Bass that I enjoy a long-form podcast about one of my least favorite events ever. <laughs> the core miniseries is... Far worse slog for me than poor misguided millennium. So thank you for your patronage, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no, he still listens. So yeah. We're yeah. doing something right. Uh, the Irredeemable Shag of Firestorm fan, Jim, Jimmy McGlinchey, Justice Trek The Podcast... Keith G. Baker, Longbox Crusade, Marvel, Superhero, Secret Wars, and Beyond, Max Romero of It's Plastic Man, Rob Kelly, Creative of Film & Water Podcast, Treasury Comics, Superman Movie Minute, Hostess Ads, Pod Dylan, Digest Cast, and the aforementioned Mashcast, Rob Myers, Rolled Spine Podcast, Sam, Scott X, Ted Kilvington, Tim Price, and Tony Wolf. And if I missed anyone, it's because we're sort of recording this a bit closer to the release of the episode than usual. So sorry about that, and we'll pick you up again. Yeah, we will. Next time. If you want to leave a message or, you know, a like, a share, or whatever you want, please do so at fireandwaterpodcast.com or at the Facebook page for Fire and Water or else just on Twitter.
1: Yeah, if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag uh, FWPodcasts and uh, we'll find you. So that was Invasion number three. It's a bittersweet end, but
0: it's not really over. No, we've got, uh, we're entering after Aftermath. What do we call this? Epilogues. 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 Spin-offs and op- epilogues. So yep. uh, we're we're still with you for
1: a number of months. Next time on First Strike: The Invasion podcast, the Spectre number twenty-four.